0: Today we are going to cover the BDS movement. Uh, The BDS movement is a non-violent movement led by Palestinians to put economic and political pressure on the Israeli state in order to get Israel to comply with international law as well as human rights standards. There are three components to the BDS movement, boycotts, divestments, and sanctions. The foundational demands of the BDS movement are that Israel withdraw from the occupied territories. Israel remove the separation barrier in the West Bank and grant full equality to the Arab Palestinians in Israel and the occupied territories and to grant Palestinian refugees living in diaspora the right to return to their homes and the properties that they were expelled from by the Israeli state. The demand of BDS and the movement itself is not unprecedented and there it's not unrealistic The demands of the BDS movement are rights that should be afforded to the Palestinian people in accordance with international law. The first demand, withdraw from the West Bank. Israel has flagrantly broken multiple Geneva Conventions in the occupied West Bank. Foremost is the occupation itself, uh, which multiple UN resolutions have described as illegal uh, given the hostile nature of the Israeli state toward the Palestinian civilians, its neglect to engage in good faith efforts to end the occupation and of course the 56-year-long period of occupation, which is, by the way, now the longest military occupation in modern history. In addition, Israel is in turn outright violating Section 3, Article 49 of the 4th Geneva Convention, that explicitly states the occupying power shall not deport or transfer parts of its own civilian population into the territories it occupies. It is the portion of the Geneva Conventions that prohibits Israel from using its military occupation to undertake a campaign of ethnic cleansing, which it is unequivocally doing. In October of 2022, a United Nations fact-finding mission released a report that called for the UN Security Council to end Israel's occupation of Palestinian lands and to persecute Israeli officials. That is yet to happen, as the United States consistently acts as a diplomatic shield for Israel in the international courts. If Israel and the United States respected international law, then Palestinians would have already had these things that are afforded to them under international law, and they would not have to initiate a global movement because they would have these rights already. These are the rights that should be conferred upon them because they are human beings, not because they have to put economic and political pressure on our elected officials to act with humanity. The second demand of BDS... Removal of the separation barrier in the West Bank in full equality rights to Palestinians living under Israeli rule. The separation barrier is sometimes a fence. It's sometimes a wall. It runs for about 708 kilometers on the border of the West Bank in Israel and also inside of the West Bank itself. Uh, in October 2003, a U.N. resolution to declare the separation barrier in the West Bank illegal was vetoed by, well, you guessed it, the United States. And the second part of that demand, fully granting equality to Palestinians in Israel and the occupied territories. This amounts to a call to dismantle the apartheid regime that Israel imposes on the Palestinians. The 2002 Rome Statute of the International Criminal Court defined apartheid as inhumane acts of a character similar to other crimes against humanity committed in the context of an institutionalized regime of systemic oppression and domination by one racial group over any other racial group. And of course, this one is... Pretty easy to establish. Uh, Palestinians are forced to drive on separate roads. Uh, If you're a Palestinian, you're given a green license plate, uh, which means you can only drive on certain roads. And if you're Israeli, you're given a uh, yellow license plate, which means you can drive on any road you want. And the roads that are designated for Palestinians are filled with arbitrary military checkpoints. And that's just one example of why this system is an apartheid system. But don't take my word for it a UN expert concluded that Israel's administration of Palestinians and Israelis in the West Bank amounted to the crime of apartheid. That same conclusion was also drawn by Amnesty International, Human Rights Watch, as well as the Israeli human rights organization, Salem. So if you're going to argue it's not apartheid, you're going to have to refute the findings of the world's largest human rights organizations. And of course, along with defining apartheid, the 2002 Rome Statute declared that apartheid qualified as a crime against humanity. And third, uh, the right for all Palestinian refugees living in diaspora who are expelled by Israel to return to their homes and properties. The right of return is a principle of international law that guarantees everyone's right to return to their country of origin, of place, of citizenship. In addition, it allows stateless people who are born outside of their country to return as long as they have maintained a genuine and effective link to their homeland. To this day, Israel has denied Palestinians living in diaspora, as well as their ancestors, their right to return to their homes. Today it's estimated that there are 6 million Palestinians who live in exile as refugees across the globe, with the greatest numbers in Jordan, Lebanon, and Syria. So here's the thing guys, these Palestinians are stateless people. Many of them carry around two important things. Documents. Many as old as the Ottoman Empire. And they prove that they paid for and they own the land that is now Israel. And here's the kicker. Keys. They carry around old ass rusty keys. And these keys, many of them by the way, still fit the locks on doors of houses that are now lived in by Israelis. If that's not a genuine and effective link then I don't really know what is. So the demands of the BDS movement, they're not outlandish, they're not unrealistic. They're simply the rights that Palestinians should have already been afforded, had the rogue states of the US and Israel upheld international law as well as human rights. And the BDS movement is not unprecedented. Uh, The movement was modeled after the very effective boycotts and sanctions that effectively led to the dismantling of the South African apartheid regime a regime which, by the way, was actually secretly supported militarily by Israel, but that's a whole other thing that we'll cover in a later episode. That regime was brought down by international condemnation, sanctions, economic, and cultural boycotts, as well as violent resistance from the ANC. And upon dismantling apartheid in South Africa, Nelson Mandela declared that we know all too well that our freedom is incomplete without the Palestinians. And of course, I'm quoting him there. So it's not, it's, it's not impossible, guys. We can do it. We can be part of building a better future. And here's the thing. You don't even have to do anything. All you have to do is not do something. Today, there are a lot of people who they live in shame and regret that they supported apartheid South Africa, that they didn't do anything. And I don't want that for you all. I want for all of you in 30 years to be able to look back on what was happening in Israel and be able to say, I didn't support that. I did something about it. Even when the governments of the world neglected to act, you can tell your kids, you can tell your family, that you stood for equality and that your commitment to equality knew no borders, no distance, and no nationality. Which, that brings us to the second part of this episode. A guide on what to boycott as an average consumer. The BDS movement employs what are called targeted boycotts. Uh, it's the list of companies that are engaged with Israeli apartheid are endless. So a thinly spread boycott is ineffective, but what is effective are precisely targeted boycotts at a handful of companies, companies who are complicit and profiteering from Israel's apartheid. So I'm giving you guys homework. Stop buying from these eight companies. Puma, SodaStream, HP, Hewlett Packard. If you've ever wanted a truly righteous reason to eat healthier and save money, don't buy these foods. McDonald's, Starbucks, Pizza Hut, Burger King, Sabra Hummus. There's more the BDS movement has called for boycotts against. Uh, I encourage you to Google the BDS movement and to find out. But I've identified that these eight are key battlegrounds right now uh, that are particularly susceptible to large-scale collective consumer boycotts. Of course, there are large corporations who are actively enabling Israel's genocide of the Palestinians, uh, like Lockheed Martin and Chevron but these companies they're not as susceptible to consumer pressure. Like when was the last time you bought a Lockheed Martin product? So we're boycotting, we're focusing on these 8 and we need to put pressure on our elected officials to divest from the big ones, from Chevron, from Lockheed Martin, from other defense contractors. All right, I'm going to I'm going to list these companies and I'm going to tell you why to boycott them. Uh, Puma Puma is the main sponsor of the Israeli Football Association, which includes uh, teams in the illegally occupied Palestinian territories. Uh, Puma also has current licensees in illegal Israeli settlements. In 2018, uh, Adidas actually decided to no longer sponsor the Israeli Football Association following an international campaign and 16,000 signatures and letters to Adidas headquarters. SodaStream. Uh, SodaStream is an Israeli company that operates factories in the occupied territories, as well as a corporation itself that has an appalling human rights record. This is uh, not limited to uh, favoritism shown uh, over toward Israeli workers over Palestinian workers. Uh, in 2014, a French company responsible for operating municipal water services in Paris uh, did not review a contract with SodaStream after BDS pressure. But we need to keep the pressure up today. Uh, Hewlett Packard, any electronics marked HP, HP subsidiaries. They provide computer hardware to the IDF as well as Israeli police and their products make it easier for the Israeli security apparatus to monitor Palestinian movement and therefore enforce its regime of racial segregation. You think you live under 1984 here in Canada? Do Palestinians live under 1984? Holy shit. In 2019 of all the institutions Of all institutions, 32 uh, Christian churches in the U.S. actually pledged not to buy HP products in objection to HP's enablement of Israeli human rights abuses. Uh, Just this year, McDonald's provided free food to the IDF. I think uh, Basim Yusuf said it best on Piers Morgan, "Uh, nothing will make you feel better after killing a bunch of Palestinian kids than a happy meal. Starbucks. Uh, Starbucks unions were attacked by Starbucks after they declared their solidarity with the Palestinian people. Uh, Starbucks even took legal action against them as a result of their support for Palestinian human rights. And as a result of that, uh, consumers have been boycotting Starbucks. Students at universities have been putting pressure on their schools uh, to oust Starbucks from their campuses. And if you have a Starbucks on your campus, I encourage you, please, light a fire under your dean's ass. Pizza hut. Pizza Hut operates branches in Israel, and in 2017, Pizza Hut Israel shared a photo to their Twitter mocking a Palestinian man on a hunger strike. Israel keeps thousands of Palestinians in administrative detention, which means they're imprisoned in Israel without ever having been charged with a crime. Uh, Burger King. Same boat as McDonald's. They donated food to the IDF last month, because after slaughtering junior Palestinians, you're going to be hungry for a junior Whopper. Sabra Hummus. Uh, Sabra is an Israeli company, which, first of all, has appropriated hummus from Middle Eastern people and profited from it. Sabra also donated food to the IDF, so please don't buy this nasty-ass hummus anymore. Sorry, guys, I have to interject quickly. At the time of recording this, Saturday, November 11th, there are 1 million people who have filled the streets of London marching for Palestine. This is amazing. This is what keeps me going, guys. So this pressure works, and it's going to keep working if we keep withholding our capital. Ben and Jerry's pulled out of the occupied territories explicitly off of their company's stance on human rights. General Mills, parent company of Pillsbury, divested from Israel after being named in the UN Human Rights Council's database on companies complicit in illegal Israeli settlements. And even members of the Pillsbury family called to boycott Pillsbury. This has worked. Please withhold your business from these companies. In this hyper-capitalist world, the only language they speak is money. And we're going to deprive them of that until they stop enabling genocide. And a final word on appropriate targets for boycotts. Uh, To all you anti-Semitic assholes, we're not boycotting Jewish companies or Jewish-owned stores. We boycott Zionists. They are not the same. It's crazy. It's crazy that I have to say this. But people don't choose to be Jewish, but Zionists, they wake up every day, and they choose to engage in this genocidal, racist set of beliefs. I was disappointed with Canada Land's Jesse Brown, because on Twitter, he he misrepresented a protest against Indigo, saying it was because the company has a Jewish CEO. Well, no, Jesse, it's because their company has a Zionist CEO, Heather Reisman, who co-founded the Hesig Foundation, which incentivizes foreigners, like Canadian citizens, which has happened, to join the IDF. She literally incentivizes Canadians to go overseas and slaughter Palestinians. That is recruitment of Canadians to a foreign army, which is a federal crime in Canada. I don't know about you guys, but I am uncomfortable with my money going to a fascist, genocidal regime like Israel. And you should be too. Boycott Puma, Soda Stream, Hewlett Packard, anything marked with HP, McDonald's, Starbucks, Pizza Hut, Burger King, Sabra. We can build a better world, and doing something is as simple as not doing something. From the river to the sea, thank you for your time. I'm going to I can talk all day about this, but I'm going to let this 10-year-old Palestinian girl, surrounded by the rubble of her village, tell you. I'm- I'm always, I don't know. I can't do anything. You all of this. What, what do you expect me to do? Fix it? I'm only 10. I can't even do anything in this world. I just want to be a doctor or anything to help my people, but I can't. I'm just a kid. I don't even know what to do. I get scared, but not really that much. I get. I do anything for my people but I don't know what to do. I'm just ten. I'm just ten. All of this when I see I literally cry every day. Saying to myself, why do we deserve this? Why what did we do to this? My family said just, they just they just hate us. They just don't like us because we are Muslims. Why does Muslims act for you like that? We're just Muslims. We're just You see all of the kids around me? They're just kids. Why wouldn't you just send a missile to them and kill them? It's not fair. It's not fair. That's my show. Thanks for listening.